Hello and welcome to Expert Insights with Friend Europe, a brief conversation between our analysts who will be discussing our latest research and looking more in depth at some of the pressing policy issues of the day. For this session, we will examine a recent study on binding pay transparency measures as a tool for encouraging equal pay for equal work. Joanna Hoffman, Associate Director of our Home Affairs and Social Policy team and co-author of the study, will be in conversation with analyst and fellow co-author Michaela Brookmeyer, both of whom will provide expert insights into the importance of their findings to policy debates. Brand Europe is a not-for-profit, non-partisan research organisation that helps to improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. Joanna, over to you. Thank you very much. Yes, this was a study that was commissioned by the European Parliament. Brand Europe was asked to conduct very small scope and rapid literature review to find out what arguments are used in the literature for and against binding pay transparency measures. The Parliament also wanted us to explore what are the positions of the key EU stakeholders on on that matter. And indeed, this is a really interesting area. I recall a few bits of news that attracted my attention, but I think they were quite well covered worldwide. Two examples. The first one was about the rather massive pay discrepancies between pay for BBC top presenters. And the second example comes from the US, where the women's football team was earning six times lower bonuses compared to the male counterpart team. And uh, I found it particularly interesting because these real-life cases really fuel discussions about the principle of equal pay for equal work or work of equal value. And pay transparency is one of the key elements to making this principle a reality. And this is because without pay transparency, many women simply do not know or perhaps cannot prove that they are being underpaid. This is exactly why in 2014, the European Commission issued a a recommendation about pay transparency. And Michaela, you in particular looked at this more closely. Can you tell us a bit more about the recommendation? Thanks, Joanna. So this recommendation was, it was non-binding. So it was a so-called soft policy measure and it listed four instruments aimed at facilitating pay transparency. These included the right to request information on pay levels for employees, the obligation to issue gender pay reports for employers and conduct gender pay audits. And the fourth thing was to discuss the issue of equal pay during collective bargaining. True, but the problem is with the take up of those recommendations that so far has been very, very low among member states. This is also one of the reasons why the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, supported binding pay transparency measures. This is a way to make them more likely to be adopted by the member states and complied with. And also the new European gender strategy reiterates the commitment of the Commission's president to table binding pay transparency measures by the end of this year, 2020, which is quite ambitious. This is precisely because the European Parliament is involved in the legislative process to inform their thinking about the pay transparency measures and them being binding or not, they ask around Europe to conduct a study. 
Our findings in particular show that pay transparency measures do indeed help address unjustified and discriminatory wage gaps. This is what the literature says. These measures are also associated with some concerns, especially among among employers, about administrative costs and also issues about pay confidentiality. Michaela, I think you reviewed the literature. And uh, is there anything that you found particularly interesting? We looked at the variety of issues, including advantages and disadvantages of pay transparency measures, as well as common barriers and facilitators. And I think the one thing that really stood out to me was this idea of awareness, which kind of seemed to be a common thread throughout the report. Because it is important that everybody involved is aware that measures actually exist. Because if employees don't know they exist, they can't take advantage of them. If employers are not aware that pay transparency measures exist, they can't comply with them. So I thought that this was a really interesting thread throughout the analysis. And I think one thing that was also really interesting from the analysis was the importance of employers not viewing compliance as a mere tick box exercise. Was this something you found as well? Yes, I'm, I'm glad you picked that one up because I really think this was an important point. I also think that it can be easily helped by making sure that employers have the tools that would help them understand the importance of that issue and also help them comply with existing regulations. So if pay discrepancies or if gender pay gap indeed exists in the company, they know what to do about it because they have action plans, because they have good practices that they can draw on, or maybe even there are best practices or evidence-based practices that simply show what works in terms of addressing those discrepancies or those gaps. Michaela, was there anything else that attracted your attention? Yes, thinking about it, I think one of the most important facilitators to make sure that the pay transparency measures have the desired effect is actually the role of an enforcement and monitoring agency. So it is really important that there is an agency that is designated and that has the respective mandate as well as the appropriate resources to help ensure compliance and to potentially also go after employers who might fail to comply. Something else that stood out for me, so as you mentioned earlier, that Our analysis also looked at the views held by different stakeholders on pay transparency measures. And I think because of some of the concerns you mentioned earlier, it seems that some relevant stakeholders, so for example, employer associations still oppose the use of pay transparency measures and actually in particular making them binding. This perhaps tells us that maybe a bit more work needs to be done around raising awareness of the issue of the gender pay gap, that it exists, what it is, and also how pay transparency measures might help the issue. It was particularly striking in in this study how the opinions were divided, I would even say polarized, because you could see the employers and employer organizations on one side being very wary of making their pay transparency measures binding and and legally binding in the first place. And uh, almost literally every other stakeholder in the EU that we reviewed their position were very much in favor of, of introducing more binding measures in this respect. So what do you what do you say is the main takeaway point for you from this? We know that the work on this particular issue is ongoing at the at the Commission. The Commission is working on the new legislative proposals at the moment. 
I'd say that the most important point to take away from me is that the pay transparency measures are helping to address discrepancies in pay. There is the right thing to do. So it's not really a question about if they should be introduced, but it is a question about how they should be introduced, how they should be implemented. And I think in that respect, the important question is that any future proposals in that area should really try to strike a balance between advancing the principle of equal pay and introducing additional requirements for for employers. And I don't envy policymakers. It's going to be tricky to find that balance, but certainly this is something that is going to happen. I wonder whether there is anything more specifically, Michaela, that you think that should be taken into account in this respect. Yes, I think support and implementation will be critical. This would include raising awareness and providing some knowledge on how to comply with measures and what employers can do if breaches do occur. So including training, codes of conduct or practices, action plans, etc. And in addition, I think effective monitoring and enforcement mechanisms will further help with compliance. I would probably add one more thing to that, is that pay transparency is just one piece of the puzzle. I mean, there are other aspects and elements that will be really important to take on forward if the equal pay for equal work is going to be fully implemented in in the EU and also address the issue of the gender pay gap. Looking ahead, I mean, as you said, work is ongoing on the legislative proposal at the European Commission level, as far as we know. And I think that there is also an impact assessment currently going on and perhaps some public consultations as well. I think the original plan was to potentially deliver a proposal this year. So I think it will be exciting to see what the European Commission ultimately comes up with. Thank you for listening to Expert Insights with RAND Europe. The study discussed today was titled Equal Pay for Equal Work, Binding Pay Transparency Measures, and was commissioned by the European Parliament at the request of the Employment and Social Affairs Committee. If you are interested in finding out more about this research, please visit our website at www.randeurope.org.